Well, Kendra, uh, welcome to the Convene Podcast. I have been uh, all week last week on vacation, excited to do this <laughs> when I came back on Monday. And uh, I think this is going to be something that will release some kingdom generosity so people can dream big for kingdom impact. But real quick, uh, you founded NCF's affiliate office in Seattle, uh, down the road two hours from where I spent 12 years in Vancouver. You served as the first president, then president of NCF Northwest. You have been a veteran of the telecom industry, executive VP mobile at Infospace, senior VP wireless data AT&T, active in your church, master of science degree in computer science from, is it the Ohio State? The Ohio State University, yes. I thought, a BS in math, and you and your husband met at Bell Labs. So uh, welcome to the Convene podcast. Wow. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to uh, our conversation. Yeah, it, it should be good. You and I have been in this space of generosity for decades. And um, we've done a joint study on your constituents and ours and people who are NCF uh, constituents and convene members are exceptionally generous. Praise the Lord for that. And not yeah. surprising. The yeah. thing is, business owners sometimes get stuck. And um, you, like me, have probably heard, I would say I've heard it for sure 50 times uh, when I worked at Biola University. It would go something like this. Uh, someone I was working with would say, I'm excited to sell my company in a couple of months. And when that happens, I'll have liquidity to be able to give the biggest gift I've ever given to ministry. And that is giving out of cash. But you know, that's one of the places that business owners get stuck. So talk to our listeners who are all business owners about where people get stuck and how we can help them get unstuck. Yeah, I think um, there's really several components to that. So one of them is, um, you're, you were blessed at Viola to be talking to people who had at least some dream, right? They had some idea of what they wanted to do. And that can be good fuel in the engine, dream can. And so taking the time to dream, which I think some people don't give themselves time to do, um, to really come to grips with God, what God's entrusted to them and what God's kingdom might be able to do uh, what they might be able to have the privilege of um, of really moving forward as a result, you know, really putting fuel in the engine of some really amazing thing that God's doing. Um, until they can do that, that's it's hard uh, to to get focused on that on what the next thing is. And I think that plays out in a couple of ways. One is, I, I talk to many business owners who say, when I sell the business in two years, and then the next time I talk to them a year later, it's still two years. And the next time I talk to them a year later, it's three years. It's, it is hard, very hard to really get come to grips with business transition, uh, whether it's a sale or transition to insiders or heirs, all of it is complicated. And um, the complications and the questions about, am I ever going to have anything meaningful to do afterwards? Um, 
And what are God's purposes for me beyond this business? These are all really significant questions that tend to get in the way. Then there are the financial questions. So the biggest opportunity of a lifetime that a business owner has is to steward their largest, most significant resource in a very careful way. And giving cash out of a sale is not a bad idea. It's actually a good idea to get a, a cash deduction in, at the same time that you're facing a large capital gain, but it's not the best idea. So it's a good idea, but it's not the best idea. And often the best idea is to give a part of the company before you sell and there get, therefore get a double benefit because you both get a deduction and you avoid some or all the capital gain. So those, those are the big issues, right? How big's my dream? How much vision do I have for what I could might be able to do next? And how um, careful and thoughtful can I be about the, the economics in the transition? Right. So I know there's some people who are listening to us right now who they just, their brain just went on tilt. Yeah, it's like they blew up, right? <laughs> they, yeah. they, they had a little minor nuclear explosion. When you said, give away part of the company before you transition or exit. I know it's complicated in some ways, but in other ways, it's simple. So it's, why don't you just share uh, with the person who's listening, whose brain just blew up. And so they, <laughs> they, they know that we're not talking about voodoo economics here. We're talking yeah. about bypassing capital gains, increasing charitable contribution, uh, good things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are two different parts of the tax code that come into play when we have this conversation. One of them is that you can give and deduct the fair market value of a business asset. So that's been true in the code since I think 1996, maybe before. And um, you, you are allowed to deduct the fair market value. You have to get an appraisal, an independent qualified appraisal, but you it's we can you can do that, right? So you can take a portion of the stock, often it'll be not a non-voting portion of the stock or a minority interest in the stock because the NCF and others that you might be using as an intermediary don't want to run your business, right? They're not interested in running your business. They're interested in facilitating the generosity that gets unlocked as a result of your business transition. So you one part of the code is you can deduct the fair market value. That's a reality. So you can get basically the same deduction whether you write a check or you give some stock. But why would you give stock? It's a lot more complicated. And that's where the second benefit comes in. The second benefit is under the tax code, charities do not pay tax on certain kinds of income and or they may be able to pay less tax than you pay on other kinds of income. So, well, I don't wanna drag you into the all the issues around S-corps versus C-corps versus partnerships and unrelated business taxable income. Just suffice it to say that a lot of that tax, maybe all of that tax, depending on your structure, can be avoided for the shares that are held by charity at the time of the sale. Perfect. Thanks. And then uh, somebody out there might be sitting on some uh, Apple or Google stock that they got in 1990, and they're pretty happy to receive their brokerage account uh, that says, 
it went from 500,000 to 20 <laughs> yeah. million. But oh my gosh, we don't want to give that stock away because uh, I'm, I might, oh, I don't know, something might happen, but talk about appreciated stock real quick. Yeah, so that's a very good point. So giving appreciated stock is actually very simple. And it all you do is call your broker and say, transfer this stock to this account at the donor advice fund at NCF. We'll put it in your giving fund. We'll put the proceeds actually in your giving fund. Now to the point, and, and what, by the way, and to, to your point, what happens then is you get a deduction for the average price on the day you gave it and you we pay no tax okay so the capital gains avoided but you just pointed out that some people don't want to give that stock up right so what if you were repositioning some of your portfolio and you had cash coming out of other investments that you might want to use and you you are avoiding some tax by making a gift so you're going to make a gift, you're going to deduct the fair market value of that gift, that's a tax avoidance. What if you then turned around and used some of that cash to buy the stock back again? Well, now you still have the Apple stock or whatever, the Google stock, but now instead of your tax basis being way down here at what you originally bought it for, your tax basis is way up here, today's price, and you have permanently moved that gain offline where the tax rate on that gain is zero and you've used it then you've used all that to fund fantastic stuff that you that the lord may be calling you to do perfect thanks well uh our listeners uh mostly have heard of ncf but in case there's somebody who doesn't have that knowledge uh ncf gave away 2.4 billion to charity last year and in its um, uh, lifetime since terry parker had a file folder in his desk which became a desk which became a cubicle which became a whole floor ncf has given away 15 billion dollars uh talk about just the general uh what is ncf for people who've never heard yeah I would love to do that. So National Christian Foundation is what's called a donor advised fund. Um, that means we hold um, accounts. Say You can think of them as kind of savings accounts for givers um, and where, where you put resources into the account, you get a deduction at the moment that you put them in. You can grow the money in that account or not. So you can either grant it out right away. So that's the third, just three propositions, give, grow, grant, right? So you put it in, you get a deduction, you send it to your favorite charity. And if there's any money sitting around in the meantime, it can grow tax-free. And so for many business owners, as an example, it's a fantastic vehicle because they can either time their deduction of for their cash giving up post a sale to the same year as they have the, ca the capital gain or better, as I said, or as we talked about earlier, right? They can give stock for the benefit of their fund. It gets cashed out when there is a sale and then they have a pool of money. I see two kinds of folks deal with de dealing with that money. There's folks who are very much about feeding it every year 
and then giving it away pretty quickly. And they tend not to leave a lot of resources sitting in their fund. And we're pleased to serve those people um, because our mission is to deploy those resources. But there are other folks and business owners are among them often where they know that this is potentially their one transaction of a lifetime, right? And so they want to steward the fuel that over a period of time, and they have three or four big goals or more that they want. And some of them want to keep some fuel in the engine and grow it while they're while they're sending it out, right? So we see both cases and it's really fun to support both, both kinds of people. National Christian Foundation is one of many, I think there are over 800 donor advised funds in the country, but what makes National Christian Foundation special is first our middle name. We are Christian, we, are, we serve givers. Our purpose is to see lives change to the glory of God through biblical generosity. That's what we do. And we are, according to all our research, a trusted Christian giving and grant-making partner. In fact, we're the largest trusted Christian giving grant-making partner by far. And we have the privilege of having become the largest Christian grant-maker in the world for some number of years. Um, we also are differentiated with regard to how we serve people. So we have people in local cities all across the country. We have offices in 32 cities with people who are there to serve business owners and others in their journey of generosity. And we partner uh, heavily with Convene and with others. We also partner with Generous Giving. There, we have a whole network of partnerships that uh, we use to help people uh, grow in this journey of biblical generosity. Um, and that's a key, key issue for us. In fact, our mission statement says, uh, mobilizing resources and inspiring biblical generosity. That's what we do. Cool. Uh, let's talk about a little micro uh, uh, element of using an NCF donor advice fund that some people may not be aware of, which is uh, some people may not want to be known Yes. They give a gift. And when you designate some, let, let's say you put $10,000 in your donor advice fund at NCF, you can give that away anonymously. Can you mention that? Absolutely. Um, the way that the uh, grant making, the giving away process works, uh, it's is very simple. You log into your fund. It's like online banking for your giving. And you fill a really fast form and you say, I want to give this much to this organization. And there's a little checkbox that says, I want to be anonymous or not. You don't. You can check it or you can not check it. Um, you can also say to us, I want you to tell the charity what this money's for. You know, I want this money to be for this project or this initiative or whatever it may be. Um, <clears throat> so it takes like literally, I do it on my phone in a few minutes uh, max. Uh, and I can send out tens of thousands of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? If I check the anonymous box, so let me back up. If I don't check the anonymous box, what happens is a check goes from National Christian Foundation to your charity with uh, a letter. And on that letter, it says this money came from this fund and this family. And then it will enlist the purposes that you put in that in that in that grant request. Um, on the on the check, right? That's how it goes. If you click the anonymous box, we suppress the name of the fund and the name of the family, but still we'll keep the purposes. 
So um, that's how anonymous giving works and, you know, can be very helpful for people who maybe be want to do something under the radar for a while. Good. And my last item that some people may not know about, which is, let's say it's December 27th and you say, oh my gosh, only three or four days to go before I have to give this money. I put $10,000 in my donor advised fund, but now with an NCF donor advised fund, you don't have to give it away to get a tax deductible receipt for the year in which you gave it. Do you want to talk about that? Correct. Yeah. So I think I, I touched on this really briefly earlier, but your deduction is based on when you make the gift to the donor advised fund, not when you send the money out to the charity. And so, yes, timing deductions, for example, when you're selling something um, to make sure that that deduction falls in the same tax year as the gain uh, is really advantageous. Um, Great. Well, I think we've helped people a little bit. Anything more to say on this notion of dreaming big for kingdom impact? Because I think if people just <laughs> focus on cash giving, maybe the dream isn't big enough. And uh, you have lots of stories about people who look um, with a strategic eye to their largest potential giving asset, which is their business, but they feel, uh, what do I want to say? They feel somewhat stuck because of course they haven't sold it yet. So what good is it? But they can dream big for kingdom impact. Anything more to say about that? Yeah, absolutely. How much time do you have? Because <laughs> uh, yeah, I got, got a lot to, to say about that. <laughs> make it a one-day podcast. No, <laughs> one-day podcast. So, uh, yeah. So, several things I think are important. First is we know that eighty percent of what people give is cash, but ninety percent of what they own is not cash. And so, if if you just put that in in the perspective of God's economy. That says that we're stewarding 10% of his stuff instead of all of his stuff, because it's all his. And, and that has an, has an impact on how big we dream, because people tend to dream through the lens of their cash flow, through the lens of this is how much money I'm making as a salary, and not through the lens of all that God has entrusted to them. Uh, so take the business as an example. You're taking a salary from your business, but you're also, you've got a bunch of phantom income based on distributed income that you need to take if you're an S-corp, right? And that income is showing up on your tax return, whether you're taking it or not. And so to the extent that you can reduce the taxation on that income, that frees up more cash that you can then give. So um, the question is, how bad do you want it? Do you have a dream of what God may be calling you to? You to? Um, is there something in the back of your mind that you've said, if, if only I could participate in this, I could make this difference, I could complete this task, I could fill in the blank. Um, and if you've got a big dream, if you allow yourself to have a big dream, that's really the question. Do you allow yourself to have a big dream? Do you ask the Lord, what is it that you've prepared for me? Ephesians 2.10, what have you prepared for me in light of what you've entrusted to me? 
And as you think about that, pray about that and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you, the bigger your dream gets, the more urgency you tend to start to feel about it. And the more you start to ask the question, what is it that I have been entrusted with? And how can I best leverage that to complete this dream? So anyway, I think dreams are important. And um, and that's when we can really get busy on the subject of how to make them happen. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> I have to do just a little quick moment because my Bible study that we're working on right now is Henry Blackaby's book, uh, Experiencing God, God. Yeah. where he would say to add to what you just said, uh, I wonder if we're just asking God to uh, execute our dream, if that's actually big enough, because there are some pretty big kingdom things going on right now. And I wonder if people could dream even bigger for King, Kingdom Impact without having to invent something that doesn't exist, which might be fine, but maybe they should just join what God's already doing in some other other things. So exactly. let's get a little, a little bit even more practical. And uh, I am excited about this little resource here that you all have and that we gave out to hundreds of business executives and their spouses uh, at our last conference where you guys were. 10 Days of Biblical Generosity, Illuminating How God Can Use Generosity in Your Life. And in here, uh, there's all uh, a quick 10-day uh, excursion through generosity. Uh, motives matter more than money. Giving is a form of worship. Time is of the essence. You and I have, as I said at the beginning, been in this space for a long time. I have talked to very, very, very few people who have a giving strategy um, without any disparagement meant to giving officers, uh, because I was one at one point in time. Uh, some executives and their spouses give to whoever had the nicest last weekend event at a hotel or who they went fishing with. Uh, on a special donor trip. And so they say, well, XYZ ministry did this cool thing that we participated in. So we're going to give to them. But they have never sat down to say, of all the continents in the world, where is God calling me? Of all the causes in the world, where is God calling me? Of all the leaders in the world, who is having the biggest impact? Talk about that a little bit, because I am a little weary of people giving to places that ran the best fundraising event last weekend. You are, huh? <laughs> I'm, I'm a little weary of going to those fundraising events. Amen. <laughs> so, Amen. you know, um, and I bet I'm not alone, right? And I think one of the things that having a giving strategy helps you to do is to, is to have greater confidence in what it is that is your call to do that's for you as opposed to what you are being asked to do, right? So I don't know about you, but nothing makes me more distressed than making a significant gift and afterwards not experiencing the joy. Yeah. Yeah. And why would I not experience the joy? I would not experience the joy because I felt obligated. There was some sense of obligation 
or there was some sense of I'm at this event with all these people and they're raising this money. And it sounds good. But in my heart of hearts, I know it's not I'm not in love with the thing, whatever it is. But there's other things I am in love with. And so to the extent that I have a giving strategy that's really talked about, um, you know, just been really vetted with the Lord and is really talking about the causes that are nearest and dearest to my heart, that are talking about my family and how that's integrated into all this and talking about my legacy and where that's all going, then I start to have some clarity to be able to say, you know, Mr. Donor Officer, I love what you're doing. It's fantastic. I'm so glad you're doing it. It's just not the thing the Lord's asked us to do. The Lord has asked us to do this very, this set of things, whatever it may be. And now you don't feel guilty. You, you feel free to be able to do whatever it is the Lord's called you to do um, and not do not feeling obligated to do what the Lord hasn't called you to do. Yeah. And it's, it's actually very freeing to be able to say that, to say, uh, you know, um, clean water is not what we feel called to, or sports ministry is not what we feel called to, but we are called to um, inner city homelessness in Philadelphia, you know, wh whatever your thing is, once you have the clarity and conviction because you've worked through causes and country and you're no longer uh, feeling obligated, as you say, because of the um, free weekend at the Ritz-Carlton, right. you are free to listen to what God wants you to do. Right. So that, that's, that's, that's a, good, a good discussion. Um, how about some stories uh, of a business owner that put all of what we've been talking about into shoe leather. Yeah, there are so many good stories and they're all available on our website through our generosity library, um, which I know we're gonna talk about in a minute, but um, I would really encourage you to look at several of them. So um, I one of the stories I really love is um, is Jonathan Reynolds um, who, who owns Titus Talent. The reason I love this story is, is because we use Titus Talent to help us acquire talent for NCF. Um, and some of the talent that we need to bring in is very difficult to get and very difficult to, you know, to really source well. And Titus has been doing a fantastic job with, you know, some of these really sophisticated positions. But meanwhile, um, Jonathan, you know, decided one day that he was going to not just have a company meeting, but he wanted to inspire generosity. And so he started taking his team on a mission trip, YWAM, right? His whole team across the whole country. And they, they're, they're an entirely remote company. Um, and the inspiration of generosity that resulted from that was fantastic. So here's a case where um, Jonathan has, is, is using his company as a platform to teach generosity. This is this is not so much an example about how he gave part of his company and unlock, unlocked the value of it, but it's what he used his company to inspire generosity for another for a whole group, another generation of people in his company 
which is going to hold him in really good position when he starts to think about transitioning his business, because now he's got this whole fleet of people who get it, who get what's going on. But there are also other good stories. You know, uh, Greg Latimer, you can find his story on our on our website. They uh, have a plastics injection company, but it, which was going crazy during COVID because uh, they were making parts for ventilators. And so, you know, he saw that he knew that that was a gift from God. That was a moment, a God moment that was delivered to his company and he was going to grow like crazy. And um, but he, he took that as a moment to do some technical planning with the business, but also legacy planning with his family. Um, so that they in the family is completely behind what he's doing in terms of giving the company away. And at the end of his life, his wife's life, that company will go to charity and undoubtedly the heirs will buy it back, but that they will be in charge of distributing uh, the, the wealth, uh, any of the wealth that doesn't get distributed during Greg, his wife's lifetime. Um, and in, there are many more. Many more. I could go on and on, but um, there's lots of lots and lots of business owners who are taking advantage of these strategies in a variety of different ways, and it's impacting their family, it's impacting their community, it's impacting their employees. Um, everybody's coming alive in generosity as a result of what they're what they're doing. Good. Thanks. Thanks for those, <clears throat> and for those people who are interested in finding out more. In the lower thirds, we'll put the uh, website ncfgiving.com. If you're interested in getting uh, one of these journals, 10 Days of Biblical Generosity, you can go to ncfgiving.com or call us here at Convene at 714-515-6821, and we'll get you one of these through NCF. And uh, let's see, what other uh, resource websites do we need to put up there, Kendra? I know there's a lot of backslash, blah, 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 but it can- Blah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, there are two really ones I would encourage people to look at. So if you go to ncfgiving.com at the top, there's a bunch of, obviously, there's a bunch of banners like every place else, and you can pull down uh, the resources tab, and underneath there's a generosity library, and that has- just a vast amount of stories, video written. And so you can find stories about just about anything that will be helpful to you, whether it's technical or spiritual or um, inspirational, all of that um, is available and freely, you know, freely downloadable from our website. There's also a section on ncfgiving.com slash business. And here you'll find resources that are specific to business owners both about business transition planning and uh, how to manage, how to, how to really deploy those resources. Uh, the devotional is available there uh, that, that Greg's been talking about. And of course, it's available through Convene as well. So, and there's also something there available called the Giving Strategy Guide. And so this is the Giving Strategy Guide is a five, there are, there's several steps. There's like getting to getting deep with what the biblical Bible really says about resources and money. And then there's talking about legacy, talking about family, talking about the causes that you have on your heart, and then talk only then talking about your wealth and where that wealth might be deployed as it relates to your 
legacy, your family, and the causes that God has, has put on your heart. And so it's a very, it's a fantastic strategy uh, document. And it gives you, a, I would encourage people to engage with their local offices if they have them, because those, those people have all kinds of resources, but also access to community. We know that, that real spiritual change takes place in community. And most business owners at church or wherever else are not in a place where, except through convene, right, where they are with other, other people like them. And taking this generosity journey with other people like them through convene or through and or through the local offices of NCF who are happy to serve them as well are it's just a fantastic opportunity. Yeah, and we're excited about our uh, partnership in a number of locations, including South Florida with NCF down there with Stefan Chavigian and here in Orange County with Brian uh, Feller. So we're excited about that. Now, you've given me this great entree uh, for us to close our time, which is uh, apparently I'm famous for saying real learning happens over time in community. And that is what Convene is all about, right? It's not a uh, sage on the stage, listen to a great message, go away, not sure what that person said three days later, but groups of men and women CEOs who, who uh, and or younger leaders who work together month after month after month after month or every few weeks in online uh, uh, groups that meet together. And we like to say that it's business owners helping each other to build a great business on a biblical platform. Some people listening may be saying, well, I'd love to talk more about this in person. They could certainly go to the websites we've suggested, but uh, we have five cities coming up that you are helping us uh, sponsor this year. Dallas, Fort Lauderdale, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Los Angeles, and Chicago, where we're going to spend one entire day talking about these things, how to be building a company so that you're exit ready. And uh, some of your team will be there. Some of my team will be there in all these cities. Just go to our website, convenenow.com and go to the events tab and pick a city that's near you and come join us for a day. Uh, those meetings will be all throughout 2023. So Kendra, I am really glad that we spent time together. I'm excited for our five cities. We'll spend more time together and we'll continue to work together to release generosity from the people who are sitting on the assets that could be released. Absolutely. Thanks so much for your time. It's been a delight. I appreciate it. Thank you.